Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Mom Hour. I am here with my co-host, Sarah Powers, who is also the managing editor at The Happiest Home. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. We are so excited to be here this week. Big shout out to our first sponsor, Responsibility.org, which we'll be talking about a little bit more in the episode to follow. But first, we're going to start with, um, I don't know, our, our first segment, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. So we thought we would try and give you guys a little glimpse into our lives as moms before we um, kick off our official topic. Um, and one of the things we might do from time to time, Megan and I both love Instagram, as do many moms, of course. Um, so I thought I would kind of spotlight one of in- Megan's Instagrams from the recent stream um, and kind of put you on the spot, Megan, to talk about it. And we can share those in the show notes. And if you guys are kind of interacting us with us, you can Follow us both on Instagram. It's kind of a fun way to see inside our families and our lives. And I think Megan and I, you both, you and I both have kind of similar senses. No, of wait, you're going to share one of your own too, right? Um, yeah. Okay, I good. All right. Just want to make sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you on the spot to talk about okay, this Okay, that's fine. All, All right. right. Awesome. Um, so this is just from a few days ago. And if you're listening to this and then want to go to the show notes at themomhour.com, um, you can see what we're talking about. But Megan posted a picture of all five kids in one shot, which first of all, just fitting them all into one little square is sort of an accomplishment. Um, but I loved what you said. You said, if all my kids like each other as much in 20 years as they do now, then success. So yeah. do you want to shed any light on this moment uh, or that you know, thought? I feel like, okay, so I come from a, a, a large-ish family, I guess. I mean, about the same size. I have three siblings and a step-sibling. Um, and then all, all of our sort of uh, related spouses and partners and kids and all those things. So we have a big family. And I feel like one of the things that really defines the Francis family is that, and that is my maiden name, so we're all Francis's, um, is that we all really like each other. 
Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that was really like my parents. Um, if I could go back and just say one thing that I think my mom really wanted and, and my dad too, although I don't think he talked about it as much openly, is that he just, my mom really wanted us to like each other. She would not allow us to cut each other down or to be mean or, you know, it was just, that was like a, maybe one of the only inalienable and alienable household rules. Mm-hmm. So like, that's never been a rule in my house. It's just it naturally has happened. And yeah, I don't know if but- it's just luck. Or personality types, or if it's just this little window of time that we're in, but everybody likes each other. The kids would rather hang out together, honestly, than with anybody else. And I just love that. It just makes me so happy. I'm actually getting a little teary. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Well, and it's good, you know, it's good for someone like me to hear too, because my kids are younger and they're uh, three relatively close together. So we're just in a big um, phase of the And you also went girl, boy, girl, which is different. You know, well, and you know, I got really lucky with my uh, older two, who are two years apart, and they are girl boy, which sometimes means that there's not as many shared interests or whatever. But my older two get along so well. Like my mom has told me multiple times, "You do not deserve this because you guys, <laughs> my my brother and sister and I get along super well now." Um, but just yeah. the bickery stuff when you're really little, the the sharing and yes. the, you know, and I just don't didn't really have to go through that with my older two, and so. With the third, I feel like it's like the growing pains all over again. And so it's fun for me to see that with your kids. And I know, I mean, I know too that this is like a phase, uh, but I just yeah. figure, feel like we're in a very bickery stage right now and about little things. Um, so yeah. it's fun to see that, see yours having grown out of that for the most part and the well, different ages. And, and and keep in mind that my two oldest are two years apart, a little bit less right? than two years. And then my two second oldest are a little bit more than two years apart. And then my last kind of came along like three and a half years later. She's the caboose. Um, they all just love her because she's the little the baby. So right. she gets all the attention, you know, and they also they also dislike her for that same reason. You know, she gets right. a lot of crap and she always wants to fit in. And like she's a classic baby of the family. Right. More more so maybe than even me because my siblings were all a lot older, like enough. My sister's 10 years older. My brother's mm-hmm. eight years older. Mm-hmm. And, my, and my next brother is four years older. Mm-hmm. And so there weren't the pairings mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. are in my family. In my family, you've got the two boys, the two boys. But what's interesting is like the two middle boys like have this great bond. They, That's awesome. They sit. It's so adorable. I'll come in Isaac and William, who are 11 and 15. I'll come into the living room and they'll be sitting sharing earbuds. Like one Aww. will have one earbud and the other one will have the other. And they're listening to their bands that they listen Aww. to. They just had this great bond. It's so sweet. But everybody really gets along so well, even though they also bicker. Yeah. I think as they get older, the bickering just becomes kind of funnier. Yes, exactly. And, and... you don't have such a power play probably. <laughs> right. I mean, I have a yeah. two-year-old who just can never keep up. So right, right now, she like her only method of like asserting herself in the picture is to wreck their crap. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like oh, to yeah. walk into a room and just make their lives miserable. And that's also a little bit of her personality. But, you know, when it beca- I think the older they get, it's not a totally level playing field, but you can at least bicker verbally rather than right. just walk into a room and, you know, dump yeah. their crayons on the floor. Yeah. And it becomes, I think it becomes almost kind of funny after a while. There's like yeah. some ribbing that goes on and, you know, sure. everyone has to kind of, I think in a bigger family, and I, I count three as bigger because I think anytime there's like, more than, you know, more people than there are backseat car yes. windows. And, um, and parents are outnumbered. I think you <laughs> yes. can count if parents it, are it, outnumbered. Yeah, uh, like... yeah, for sure. There becomes like that feeling like, oh man, I just have to figure out how to fit in here. Yes. Even though, you know, so I'm going to learn to take the butt of the joke, even though yeah. I don't want to be the butt of the joke. I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's just so interesting to watch and it's it's like living my childhood all over again and I know that's why sometimes I identify more with Clara than probably yep. I should because yep. I'm the youngest and she's the youngest and I was yep. a girl no and she's totally a girl. we're exactly the um, same thing like, yeah yeah <laughs> well you, we talked about this last end. time yeah yep and how yep. we need to like have a whole conversation about birth order but yes <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> at another time so talk uh, about yeah. your picture Yes. Okay. So, well, I had, I kind of was like Instagram crazy the last week because we were on spring break. And so um, I just picked one from my hometown because we just really quick backstory. My parents recently moved back home to my hometown after being away from there for almost 10 years. So they're up in Santa Barbara, which is like two and a half hours from where we are. And it is my hometown, but I have spent very little time there in the last, really in the last 15 years. Cause even when my parents were still there, when I was like, early married and stuff, we'd go home or if post-college, we'd go home a couple times a year. But I haven't spent significant time in my hometown for probably 15 years. And so now they're two hours away. It's two hours away and they live there again. So there's like a place to go, a place to stay, you know. Um, so it's been really fun taking the kids up there and like getting to know my hometown again with my kids. And there's certain things that are exactly the same and then certain things that have changed. So, um, this picture is just on the pier in Santa Barbara, which is totally touristy. And that was kind of fun. We just were kind of tourists in my own hometown this week. So it's a picture of the kids. Can I and interject really parents. quickly? Yeah. <laughs> John and I went to Santa Barbara last <laughs> summer. You know this story, Sarah, cause we, I think I texted yeah. you like 18 million times yeah. from there. <laughs> And we were on that pier and we saw, I want to say, was seals? Like yeah. right yeah, under the water, yeah. right right yeah, there. Yeah. And from being from Michigan, I mean, that was a big deal for me. Like, yeah. you don't see, well, you don't, there's no seals. <laughs> there's no seals in Lake Michigan. But also just like to see the wildlife that close yes. was a big deal. But I remember texting you and saying, where do the normals live? Yes. <laughs> so. it, is, it is a crazy place to be from because when you're growing up, you don't know any different. Like it is an affluent community, but it's not a hundred percent affluent. They're just like everywhere else. There's all, you know, levels of society and it's a pretty diverse community in a lot of ways. And so you just don't realize it when you're growing up. Even I think like when I got older, I still like now when you go back, you're like, this is not a real place. Anyway. So the pictures of my parents and my three kids, like totally being tourists, having ice cream on the pier, which is probably something I haven't done since we first moved there when I was really little, because you don't do the touristy things when you live there, you know, but we, but we did this week. So it was fun. Oh, very fun. Yeah. All right. So, well, yeah. So, go again, to Santa Barbara. It's great. Yeah. Go to Santa Barbara. <laughs> go to the momhour.com to see what we're talking oh, about. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then you can follow. You are at Megan Francis. I'm at Megan Francis. Yeah. At Powers of Mine. Powers of Mine, M I N E, on Instagram. So, if you guys want to see more little glimpses as you get to know us on this show, it's a fun And if you way. follow me, I will do my best to follow you back. I almost always do. Yeah, I do too, unless you're crazy. Unless you look like a crazy person. Well, yeah. If you're trying to sell me something, I probably won't. <laughs> but otherwise, I will. Yes. Ditto. Ditto. (laughs) Exactly. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. 
She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. All right, cool. So let's move on to our next segment. And actually the whole conversation can just kind of grow from this because we're really, and this is our only of our second episodes. We're really new at this particular show um, and we are incorporating sponsors, which is something I didn't really do on the home hour and haven't done yet on the home hour. If, if you were a home hour listener and have now crossed over to this awesome new offshoot, um, But one of my goals is that every sponsor we bring on, we want to have them be a part of the conversation. Like, I don't want to just bring on brands or sponsors where it's just, you know, like us kind of promoting them and then then that's it. Yeah, infomercials. Like, no, I want it to be part of the conversation, which is why responsibility.org fits so well. I've worked with them for over a year, actually maybe going on two years now, um, as part of their Talk Early campaign, which is all about um, responsibility and teaching our kids. So, you know, the, the idea being that, yeah, alcohol is part of my adult life, but I have a way that I need to convey that to my kids and, and make it in a responsible way for them and, and have this conversation with them so that they understand kind of what it is and how it fits into a responsible adult life. So this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about how we as moms, um, incorporate, you know, adult celebrations into our lives in a way that's responsible for our kids. And I I think that this is really interesting in light of how sometimes, you know, the media and even social media can can sort of portray alcohol use for one thing. Mm -hmm. And then how do how do we pass that on? So for here's Mm -hmm. an example. Um, for a while, there was like this huge trend, and I don't even know if it's really happening still anymore or if I just became numb to it, mm-hmm. but calling 
booze, like mommy's juice. Yeah. Yeah. I still see that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Or like I got a gift from someone <laughs> once. It was a wine glass and it had like etched on the outside mommy's sippy cup, <laughs> which I actually thought was hilarious. It became the glass in our house that you had to drink out of if you broke a different glass or spilled. <laughs> awesome. It was like the punishment glass. <laughs> I don't know if my friend meant for it to be used ironically, but I could not drink out of it seriously in good conscience. It had right. to be like the punishment glass. I want a punishment glass, actually. You, you, actually, do, you I, know what? I break, I break stuff. You just need to get rubber glasses. And here's the thing. I'm equally clumsy at all times. So like next to my bed, there is a water glass at all times. And I can't even tell you how many times at night I'll like reach over and knock that glass over and be like, oh crap, like my phone's over here, and <laughs> right. oh, my yeah, book yeah. and like my notebook yeah. and my computer and all this stuff. So, but anyway, to get to the main conversation, I, I think like Sarah, what do you think when you're and your kids are a little bit smaller than mine? So maybe mm-hmm. they haven't ever brought it up. But, if but I kids, also have a six-year-old who's going on like 14 in terms of being yeah. in tune with adult situations. So I've, I've, some, I've seems like I've had more conversations than you typically would with. She's very age, aware, yeah. right? Super aware, super observant. Yeah. And she also likes to be around adults. Again, going back to who we relate to. I remember that yes. too. I remember liking to be with the adults and liking to know what they were talking about and sort of eavesdropping in my own little way. And she does that too. So anyway, not to cut you off, but no, yes, no, that's my fine. kids are younger, but you know, but you have a, a very aware. I'm, yeah. I'm aware, and she's aware of. Yeah. She's very aware. So, and I feel like for a long time, I kind of got off scot free when my kids were just my older boys were just sort of bumbling around and not right. really paying attention. And it turns out actually they were paying a lot of attention. Um, I didn't really realize because they never said. But so one of the things that I think I've really tried to make a distinction with in my house is that for us, alcohol has always been something that we do as part of a celebration or because I enjoy it or because I'm Mm -hmm. making dinner and I want to have a glass of something yummy. I really love wine. Like to me, if I could drink a great non-alcoholic wine all day long, I would. It's just that I haven't found one yet that tastes good. (laughs) Um, But even just how we portray that to the kids, like, is it this thing where, oh my God, I get to six o'clock I'm so right. stressed out. Right. You guys that are language me. You're driving me needs, to drink. Yes, exactly. Mommy needs yeah. a beverage. Or is it, wow, yay, it's six o'clock. It's time for me to start dinner. I want to have a glass of wine. I feel like that that's a huge distinction. Yep. Definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. And also just um, it, as it's just one piece of how we enjoy food and beverage and cooking and being together, that it is not something separate to be discussed separately or like capital B big deal, but that it is just a piece of the family culture. Um, I know there's, there's kind of two ways to look at that. There's, if you make a big deal, then they're going to think it's a big deal. But at the same time, there's important conversations to have for sure. But if, if alcohol is a part of your family culture, then treating it as just one piece of that puzzle and not this other thing that now we are all, you know, now it's, now it's time for the wine or whatever. Um, I think also, you know, sends the message that it is not, it is, it's not the end all and be all. It is just part of, part of, you know, one way that we celebrate or whatever. Yeah. And you know, another thing I think that as the kids have gotten older, I've had to be very, sometimes more honest than I'm comfortable with. So like, here's an example. We've gone, we live within a mile of my brother and his wife, Jenna, who is one of my best friends and we we were college roommates. And so we've hung out, you know, we've all hung out a lot and we, we continue to all be really close. Um, so when the kids were littler and it turned out to be one of those nights where we were having a little more to drink than we maybe anticipated mm-hmm. or planned for, or sometimes we did plan for, we knew this was going to be the, the end result all along. 
it was like, oh, well, we can just get a ride home. The kids aren't going to know any better. They don't, they're not even paying attention or they can just crash here. Like right. that's another thing. We have like this right. open crash policy. Like the kids can sleep either house. Mm-hmm. The adults just walk. Well, now that they're getting older, sometimes it's like, hey, you're going to come with us? Like we're walking. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are we walking? And it becomes right. that almost like, oh, do I say it's because mommy and daddy have been drinking? Right. But I feel like we have to be really honest. Yep. You know, like. Yeah, we're walking because I had a couple glasses of wine and I don't want to drive. I, I feel like even though it's almost uncomfortable to say that to our kids out loud, just being that honest about it, it's so silly. Why would that be uncomfortable? Except it is. Right. But I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I always think that like small bits of honesty, like integrated into normal, healthy conversation right. kind of almost are easier than like one big sit down where you say, sometimes we have to get a designated <laughs> driver. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like that a, anyone would do like that. Like an after school I, I think special. Sometimes, sometimes when mommy and daddy of, love wine right. very much. Yeah. Exactly. It's almost easier to <laughs> yeah. address it circumstantially every time in a no big deal kind of way. Um, yeah. And you know, know that also does, what I feel like it does is allows as parents <clears> us to make better choices because, you know, you don't ever want to get to the point where you're like, okay, you know, I had a couple glasses. It hasn't been like that. It's been not that long. Maybe I should have waited, but the kids want to go home. And maybe right. If you're having that conversation in your head, it's probably. Right. But you don't want prob- to have that conversation. You probably drive. So, right. So if you're having that conversation just like out loud and it's very honest and very open, I just feel like it's smarter. And then I feel like it's the kind of thing that when they get older, kids will remember. I hope, you know, I hope, I don't know. None of us really know what I, we're doing here. I, do, you, do you have any memories like that? I remember one time being, I know I was 16 because I was driving. I had a driver's license and we were um, on vacation and we were camping or we were visiting relatives who were camping and um, the grownups basically ran out of booze. I mean, they, you know, I think there was beers there or somebody, right. there were more people had showed up than, um, but they had already started, you know, a happy hour and had a couple right. of drinks and no one was being irresponsible at all. I mean, no one was acting intoxicated, but they were to the point where nobody should nobody drive the to 10 drive. minutes to go get, maybe it was right. just even ice. I don't know what they needed, but, um, but I was asked to drive and I actually remember it. Like I, it's a fairly positive memory. I, I knew I was 16. I understood it was, you know, I was told that I was the responsible driver and I knew why. And I kind of felt like it was a, you know, good responsibility and it didn't like scare me or make me uncomfortable or anything. And I went with yeah. my aunt, I think, and went to the store and whatever. But I don't know. I don't know I if you have any memories of... Well, um, not of driving specifically. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there were times I should have been asked to drive. I don't yeah. really know for right. sure. Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, looking but, back, bad I was asked to drive, obviously. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's. I think that's fantastic. Like, you were the person... I just feel like we don't always know how powerful those messages can be to our sure. kids. So whether it's the way we phrase something or the way we, we sort of set up a, ta- a situation, maybe a replaying situation, like for me, maybe it's, you know, the glass of wine while I make dinner, or maybe it's the yearly New Year's Eve party, which mm-hmm. in my house gets, it's oh, just my family. Yeah. It gets crazy rowdy. We have like dance-offs and it, it's hilarious and fun. And it's a big part of our family culture mm-hmm. um, are these big gatherings that we have. But I feel like those little messages in, in between, that are kind of like embedded mm-hmm. are what the kids will remember. You know, Agree, they and remember they add the... up. They're sort of cumulative, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like, and I think probably something similar with your family and mine is that there's not a lot of separation in what the grownups do for fun and when the kids are included. I mean, of right, course no. you have a grown-up night out. But I think your family and mine are sort of similar in that 
I, my kids are little, we don't go out without them all that much. So I prefer to include them in, I mean, we like to just have people over for dinner or when we're visiting with our family, it's, it's all inclusive. So in that sense, they're exposed to adult drinking more, but maybe over time in a cumulative way where they can see responsible behavior over and over again. And hopefully that's the, that's the role modeling. It's not just the one time that, you know, but, but that over time you have a family that's of mixed ages altogether. So adults are drinking, kids are not drinking and the conversations happen. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, I grew up in a house where, um, I mean, I grew up in a family where you'd go to these family get togethers and the adults were all drinking and, and there was not a lot of, I don't want to say not a lot of supervision, but there wasn't, I mean, like, especially when you get to a certain age, when I was like eight, nine, 10, I mean, you just went off and like you, you, you're, whoever you were staying with would have a couple of board games or whatever they had for the kid, the rompus room, depending if they had kids or not. Like I had one, you know, one relative who had like a whole bunch of other kids. We would just go off and play. I had one, you know, aunt who had no kids who literally had one board game. (laughs) It was called run yourself ragged. (laughs) I'll never forget it. I want, I want one really badly. And she had a VCR before anybody else did. And she had cats. Mm -hmm. So you were expected to just go like amuse yourself with the cats or the, you know, the game or the whatever. But honestly, even though how easy would it have been for any of us to just break into the bar? None of Mm. us, it didn't even occur to us. It just wasn't what you did. You were a kid. That wasn't what you were there for. And I just think that's so funny. And I feel like that's what's gotten passed down to my kids. It's like, hey, we're having grown-up time and we're not going to shield you from it. I don't feel like that's my job um, to have this happening over here and you know nothing about it because you can't handle it because you're a kid. I would much rather you just kind of saw it happening, realize it's not for you yet. Mm -hmm. One day it will be. And when you get to that point, here's how you can do it in a responsible way. Right. So, yeah, we, we must have very similar family. We should get our families together, Sarah. I know. Yes. We didn't live <laughs> 2,500 miles apart. Exactly. Well, it could still happen sometime. You know John wants to live in yes. California yes. of any you kind. He wants can... to bring his Uggs to Santa Barbara yep. and or San Luis Obispo and or Orange County. So Nice. Yeah, we'll end up there. Come on point. out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that conversation um, having to do with alcohol was – very gratefully sponsored by responsibility.org. Check them out. But it also really relates to what we're talking about today, which is um, more generally how we are role models for our kids. And I, (laughs) and how we, how, who we are affects who our kids are. And we touched on this a little bit earlier. And actually in the past episode, we touched on this a little bit, how birth order and our relating to the birth order Mm -hmm. can kind of affect our kids' behavior. But more specifically, I think when I look at my daughter, um, and it's really hard for me to separate her girlness from her babiness. Mm -hmm. She's both the only girl and the only baby of the family. And I'm a girl and a baby of my family. And I look at her and sometimes it's just like looking at myself. Mm -hmm. And I know you've experienced that with your oldest. Yeah. Because you're an oldest. Definitely. But what about your youngest? Um, Yeah, she is totally kind of the wild card, you know, it's, um, right now it's like the joke. I mean, she's just kind of funny cause she's too, she's hilarious. You know, she's definitely a ham, which maybe you and Clara would agree is sort of a youngest trait. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is hard for me. I mean, I, I, I hate, I, I don't like to project or to label. She's always going to be this way, obviously, cause she's too, but it is interesting to think about how that personality will play out because I only know the role of the oldest. Yes. And so far I, I, I see many of those traits, good and bad coming out in my oldest. So it is interesting to see this youngest 
person, you know, coming and, um, you know, she's strong-willed for sure. She, um, does things for attention, good and bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she, but she's also just fun and funny in a way that like, not to put myself down, but I don't really feel like I am. You know what I mean? She's just, um, people love to be around her. I mean, you've mm-hmm. seen the picture. She has the dimples and oh, she's mischievous. And she's got and that she, huge smile. Yes. Like yes. the smile that can like either Devilish, yes. draw you in or just be like, you don't know what you're in for, you know? So that like right now it's sort of, she's like a punchline because she's so funny and it is so funny to be her mom. Like she, it's, mm-hmm. she's just a troublemaker, but you know, you don't, you hopefully want to channel that, um, youngestness, the free spirit, the strong-willed, whatever it is, into a person that can play on those strengths and still feel like a really valuable part of the family and learn to be responsible in the way she needs to be. So I don't know. It will be interesting to see see how it plays out. But it is like going back to the role model thing. It's different. It's, It's almost easier to think you're a good role model for the kids who are already like you because you're like, well, I know what, you know, I know what your kind of strengths are going to be. I know what your weaknesses are going to be. And I can sort of, I feel at least like I can model or guide more easily when I relate to the child. Do you feel that way? Yeah. But you know, I was just going to ask you about that. Okay. So going back to Allegra, Uh um, are there things you feel like you've ever expected of her or thought that she should be like you in, you know, in a certain way? And then maybe thought, mm, maybe that's just not her. Or yes. maybe, well, yes. or maybe your memory of being six is not quite accurate. <laughs> right. No, and that's totally yeah. true because because you can't lock them in when you see the similarities. It's probably the same with you and Clara. You yeah. see so many similarities, but that's a slippery slope because mm. they're totally their own person in a different family dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think um, – yeah, I mean, the first example that comes to mind is um, focus. I was always like a super independently focused little kid. And that's actually more like my second child, if you just isolate that trait. Mm-hmm. Um, Allegra has other firstborn traits. She, re- she really likes to please people. She's very mature and very responsible. Like with her siblings, like she could practically babysit at almost seven. She's so um, nurturing and responsible. And if she's if she gets out of her league, she'll then come find a grown up and say, mom, you know, Violet's naked upstairs running around. Just oh wanted gosh, to let you know, like you know, William. she's, she's so, um, <laughs> yeah. such a caretaker and super responsible. And I was that way too. But, um, I was more, I think a little more independent and like almost hyper-focused. I'd go and read for hours or I'd go and draw for hours or I'd write. And she is a little, and this could be, maybe it's a maturity thing or just a different personality. She's a little more, um, she flies around a little bit more. She starts things and stops things. She's probably a little bit more social than I was at that age. Um, So there are differences. And it is, like you say, you come to expect things because they're so similar. Um, And have to adjust those expectations. So yeah. what about, is that well, similar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Clara is six now. And, and since she turned six about a month ago, a little less than a month ago, she's going through some changes, man. I mean, she is suddenly, she says things like, well, now I'm six <laughs> and I have control over my own body. And that means I can pick my nose. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, just like this weird thing. It's like she's coming up with these really, like a lot of justifications for things because uh-huh. she's six, which I think is really hilarious. But she talks a lot and that's very similar to me. Like I remember just talking, 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 but she's super emotional. And uh-huh. I am a fairly emotional person. Like I can be brought to tears pretty quickly. Um, I don't remember being 
as emotional as her. And for a while, it was kind of funny, like, oh, Clara's crying again. Like, oh, she's just like mom, you know? But now I'm starting to kind of resent it because I'm like, wait a second. I was never a basket case to this extent. I mean, she's (laughs) crying about everything. And she has crushes on celebrities. So there's this, like, well, minor celebrities. So there's this YouTube star named Maddie B. He does parodies of pop songs. Okay, I actually have heard. Yeah, he can't be more than like eight or nine years old. He's just this little (laughs) cute kid, right? So Clara asked me, she said, I really want to paint on a shirt. And I said, well, we don't have any shirt paint. Like we only have watercolors. But I said, you could write on this this shirt here with marker. So she wrote, I am a Maddie B fan. That's what she wrote Uh on this shirt. Then she took tights. Didn't ask me about the tights. She wrote Maddie B on both of her pairs of tights and had like a whole like Maddie B um, fan outfit. Nice. And I'm looking at her thinking, I never, ever had, like, I was never a fangirl, ever. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was into, like, New Kids on the Block. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're fine, whatever. I just never was that kid for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. To me, that always felt like a very big girl thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I was little, I was perpetually four mm-hmm. until I was, like, 14. Like, <laughs> I wanted to play with dolls and My Little Ponies until I was a teenager. And I'm looking at her, and she's like this little adult version and I never felt like I um, promoted that kind of Mm -hmm. getting to be older or being you know a big girl thing with her and all of a sudden she just got there I don't even really know how it happened so what does this have to do with role modeling I think what it has to do with it for me is is that even though I thought I was projecting the certain way to be a girl on her like dress like you know a little girl and like be a little girl and play with dolls and all these things at some point my influence with her became less strong younger than mm-hmm. it did with the boys. I feel like with the boys, my my influence lasted longer. Mm-hmm. They cared less longer mm-hmm. about the outside influence. With her, it was like kindergarten, done. It's weird. Like her peers took over. Yeah. yeah. And so that leaves me feeling like I think she's got a lot of my personality, uh-huh. um, but not a lot of my oh. sort of way of relating to culture and the world. And it's mm-hmm. freaking me out a little bit, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that is interesting. And probably with the boys too, I'm thinking because there were more boys and they were closer together, you were able to sort of collectively parent, meaning kind of, um, use their relationships and their, um, bonds with one another in a positive way. And as you sort of set that example and sort of just collectively, uh, act as a role model for them. Whereas it does sound like it is more of like, this is a one-on-one. Absolutely. uh, and with the boys, yeah, there was a buffer. Well, first of all, the boys had each other, and mm-hmm. that, those were always their most important peer groups. Like the boys yes. always, those four boys have always hung out together more than they've cared to hang out with outsiders. It's just, that's their group, you know, mm-hmm. two and two to some extent when they were younger. And mm-hmm. then now that they're older and they're, you know, between nine and 17 all together, they just mm-hmm. hang out together. That's their buddies. And they don't, they don't really go out much. I mean, they don't really... Right. Right. do much outside of our family unit, which I think is fantastic because they all like each other so much. But Clara, it's like, she's always looking, she's always looking outside and she wants that outside influence. And that um, has to be, that has to be just one of those personality traits that just is ghost. It is strong, you yes. know, cause I, I'm thinking to other people, um, I'm not like anyone specific, but other kids and people in my family that would maybe follow that pattern more. Um, yeah. and I, I was not like that either. I don't know if it was so much of staying a little girl because I was the oldest. And I remember feeling like I had a lot of responsibility as the oldest, but I was not super drawn to peer 
uh, groups. I was not super drawn to older, like older things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, I had, I remember having tight friendships from a young age, but they were with peers in a very, you know what I mean? I wasn't aspiring to be older than I was either. I don't think. Yeah. 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 Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. It's funny because we started talking about role, being role models and I feel like we're talking about birth order. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it all plays in, right? I didn't realize when we started talking how much it would really play a part. But I was, I was the youngest. However, my next oldest sister was 10 years older. My next oldest sibling was four years older. Mm-hmm. And by the time I really was old enough to remember what was going on, it was really just my brother and me living in the house. So it was mm-hmm. like I really – I was the youngest but like mm-hmm. kind of – I mean, I kind of didn't play the typical right. youngest role my whole life. Yeah. And so I think that that all, that all does play Definitely. In. Yeah. It's almost more only. That's how my young, my youngest yeah. sister is like more like an only because yeah, the distance yeah, yeah. she was by distance, herself. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think what it has to do with role modeling is like when I look at my, with my kids and especially now with Clara, cause just because she's the one attached to my side the sure. most. And I think, how do I relate to the world in a way that, is not dismissive of her very suddenly emotional, very peer driven, mm-hmm. very reactive worldview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can put it that way. And also just, but just accept it. Like how do mm-hmm. I validate who she is without giving into it? Because I'll tell you what, I mean, there are times when she's crying about, I don't even know what, 
just something like her feelings get hurt super easily mm-hmm. and i'm looking at her like seriously you know that it yeah <laughs> i know that seriously what you're crying what i don't even know what you're crying about what is this conversation we're having it's it doesn't make any sense and it's not it's not um i can't pinpoint it to anything and it seems like way out of proportion right no i think you're i mean i think you said it which is you have to kind of honor where they are Know that it's not forever, but also maybe try and figure out a way to bridge that to where, uh, you know, the the kind of emotional response you are modeling. Um, I don't know. Do you ever, um, you know, they always will, parenting advice and stuff will often tell you to uh, relate back to your own childhood and say, you know, I remember, I feel yeah. like I do that a lot with my I do that a lot. And say, That's actually my you know, default. I remember feeling that How way that when yes. I was little. And I do think... I mean, if you just say it as a one-off, it may not ring true for them. But I think when it's genuine, I think they listen. I really do. They're like, oh, you were little. And there are, you know, and there are times, and even if you have, you know, a a story about when it was that way. And Mm -hmm. so I think it probably does two things. It forces you to kind of actually empathize, which is so hard when it's like basket case for no reason. Um, But then they hear that and they, you know, and they know that at some level you are empathizing, even if it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And, and honestly, I remember I have like, and I think another thing is like, I remember very clearly, this is the age that I really remember having a relationship with my mom up until like six. I don't really remember. Like I remember her being around and, but like six is the age I can really remember Mm -hmm. hanging out with my mom, talking to my mom, like all like the little conversations that we would have and stuff. That's like the age I can really remember that. Mm -hmm. So now I look at Clara and it's like, it's like kind of looking at her and me is kind of like thinking of my mom and myself. And a lot, there's a lot of parallels there, but I remember thinking my mom was so old <laughs> and we're the same exact age. Claire oh, are was you? Born, yes. Clara okay. was born when I was 31. I was, I, my mom was 30, maybe just barely 32 or okay. she turned 32 the day after I was born. Okay. Very, very similar. Um, I remember looking at my mom thinking she was just this old lady. Like how <laughs> would she relate to anything? Right that I had to say. And so I think about that now, like the fact that I can so clearly remember being Clara, Mm -hmm. even though of course I was never Clara and I don't want to relate myself that strongly to her, but gosh, it's hard not to. Yeah. I have to say, man, I identify too strongly with her sometimes I think. Yep. No, I'm, I think I'm the same, but on the other end of the spectrum, but going, so going back to actual role modeling, like in the traditional sense, um, stepping a Stepping away from how young they are now, let's say Allegra and Clara, seven and six. Allegra will be seven in a couple weeks. Um, What are some ways that you think that you are kind of doing a good job as a role model, but not not in those in the moment, but just some things that she hopefully will take after you, maybe, or some ways that some things she's seeing you do that you feel good about. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally does. Fitness or health or, you know, because I think think sometimes we need to pat on, pat ourselves on the back Well, thank you. I was actually just going to come up with a whole bunch of ways I'm not doing that great, but (laughs) (laughs) I think I'll lead also, thank you with your, with your example. I'll lead with ways I am doing well. Um, No, I think that when it comes to self-care and this is something that was hard for me, you know, um, having four boys by the time Owen uh, who was my youngest boy, was like two, it was really easy for me to just leave. I mean, he didn't love it when I would go mm-hmm. places, but he would just get kind of caught up in this mass of boys. And they would just, you know, they'd like, they would just, it was like this pile, like in a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that pile and like all you see is like the dirt yeah. flying out of the pile. That was kind of what it was like. And so if we had a sitter or whatever, I would just distract him by like 
throwing a treat into the pile and then he would jump in the pile and then I would leave. It was literally like, I, I, I hate to make it sound like a cartoon life, but there was something very true about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easier. Clara clung for a long time and I really had a hard time drawing that boundary with her mm-hmm. and being like, mom has to do, this is something mom mm-hmm. has to do. And so, you know, she didn't go to preschool. She didn't go to daycare. She was one of the only, she was maybe my only child who literally never went to an outside babysitter. Right. Um, just because it just worked out that way. It wasn't like a conscious choice, but sometimes right. I look back and I think, did it really just work out that way? Right. No, you, I know I've been there too. Or my, did I keep yeah. her with me? Cause she was my girl. I mean, I don't know, for example, I don't know for sure. And also my youngest, there's those yep. two things getting mixed up. But as she's gotten older, I've really had to get really good about saying, I'm leaving. I have to go to this place or that place. This is something I have to do because it's a grown up thing. And she's responded to that. And I think she, as a result, has gotten much better about it, where for a while she was like, couldn't handle it. She just couldn't handle if I was leaving. It was terrible. Um, Now she's very just like, okay, mom, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, she's very adult about it. It's kind of funny. She's like, have a good time. And if you can bring me a treat. Um, So that's, you know, that's her getting older, but I think it's also just the example that I've set. Yeah. And, and things like that. Um, Now where I haven't done so good, and this is with the boys too. I mean, just being human, you know, and here's the thing I have to say, my older kids will call me on it. Like they will. So for example, they're all in the living room the other day and all over our living room is very close to the kitchen. I'll overhear them talking and they all get talking and they're talking about someone they know not very nicely. And I said, you guys, I mean, can we tone that down? It's really, you're not being very nice. It sounds like you're not being very nice about this person that we all know. And they're like, you do that all the time, mom. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't gossip. Oh, yeah, you do. And I actually was really kind of indignant for a few minutes. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't gossip. What do you mean? They're like, Mom, every time you have, you know, Aunt Jenna over or Uncle John or whatever, you guys go in the kitchen and you gossip. And then I had to kind of explain, well, it's not mean. We're not doing it mean-spiritedly. We're just talking. It's different. And I thought, I have no excuse. Like, I cannot (laughs) expect a higher level of and some of it's just normal human social behavior you know we share news we talk about people sometimes people make us mad and we vent but i was expecting such a higher level from them right and i was being a total hypocrite so i don't know like what is my my obligatory role modelness there like do i never speak about another human being right is that even normal (laughs) and i don't consider myself a big gossip like the people who are my good friends, you don't ever have to worry. I will never talk badly about you. It's not like that. It was more like, oh, this little interesting, right. juicy piece sure. of no, I think information that is natural crossed my desk. For sure. And it's, I'm going mean, to talk. Yeah. And it goes to show, you know, we don't always think that they're noticing or listening. But oh, they, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> they were noticing. Yeah. Well, if sure. they didn't put us in our place sometimes, then... How would we grow, right? Exactly. Well, have you had that experience where your kids were kind of busting uh, Yeah, well, out? in our mom meltdown, in our first episode, I talked about when my big meltdown over the goodie bags and oh, how yeah. my very, my very reserved and mature, almost seven-year-old said, Mom, I think you might want to do over on that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's funny. It happens. It happens, and we can't always be perfect. But, you know, it did make me think, when my kids are around, what conversations are they hearing me have? They're just sometimes in the other room. And I think sometimes I forget mm-hmm. they're listening, they're paying attention. And, you know, 
does that mean I can ever, that I can't be human? No, no. But I think it does mean I have to think about like, would I talk about this in front of my, my pastor or my grandma right. or my, right. you know, yeah. the person I'm talking about? I mean, it's just, it just is that like little extra set, that little extra twinge. It's like that like, yep. little angel on your shoulder. Yep. Yep. Saying, yep. hey. People are watching. People are watching. <laughs> yep. Remember this. Yep. Yep. <sighs> well, yeah. Okay. So we've covered role modeling when it comes to adult behavior mm-hmm. and we've covered, we've talked a little about birth, birth order, which I think we definitely need to do a whole show about because I feel like we could dissect. Yeah. All of our kids. We should have somebody on who's a middle child. Oh, I would love that. Wouldn't that be fun? Well, it'd be funny to have like William on, who is my literal (laughs) middle child, because he's such a funny mix of responsible. Like I was just talking about this um, when I was at lunch with my friend earlier that we went, and I I think I Facebooked about this last week. Um, John and I went to Chicago for the night to see a concert. Um, oh, can I just say, I think that that's something that we do really good. I'm not even mm-hmm. sure if this is an intentional thing, but I think we do a really good job, my husband and I, of role modeling, having our own lives. Yeah. I think you guys do too. Just watching from and, the outside. Yeah. And, and just having things we're interested <clears throat> in that aren't like mom and dad things. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. And I think that's probably great role modeling, not only for your kids, but for other young adults in your lives yeah. and other people who are young parent, new parents, you know, or not I even think, parents yeah. yet. I've had people who don't have kids yet say to me things like, you know, it, it encourages me that to think that we can have kids at some point and still have, you know, a life. And I said, well, yeah. you know, you have to keep in mind that when Mike, when this is 17 years in, right. When right. my oldest were like newborn and two, we didn't do anything. Right. We didn't go right. anywhere, but it, it passes, it goes away. Yeah. You know, you, that time passes and a new time comes where you can go out and have fun and maybe go see a concert again and like go out with friends and it's, you're, you're still having a life. And I think that that's something that our kids have seen and, and for better or for worse. I mean, like, it's not always the, maybe, you know, it's who knows what they're thinking. My teenagers might be like, Oh, my mom and dad think that they're so cool. Yeah. <laughs> they have these playlists full of this lame music and they think it's cool. I don't know. But I do feel like that's something that we've been able to relate to our kids on a different level, especially the older ones. Um, yeah. And I love that a lot of it is stuff you do together, you know, yes. which, which is a different than like mom's going on a spa weekend, dad's going out with the, and you do, you know, it's great to do some of that too, yeah, but I think absolutely. you guys do a really good job of having, showing that you have fun together yes. in things that don't have to do with the kids, but do have to do with each other. You and know? can I say that when I was at, like in my young part of my marriage, I really, um, and I think that some of this is just kind of necessary where you are at that point. Like moms tend to be so focused on babies because that's, it's biological, you know, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're breastfeeding or not, you're just, you have this feeling like I need to be around this baby. Like if I leave, there's yep. a time clock that tells me I need to come back. It's that, mm-hmm. it's that gravitational force yep. pulling you towards your baby. Um, but I feel like with us, something that we've gotten really good about role modeling over the last five to 10 years is that our relationship, John's and mine, is central mm-hmm. and is the thing that runs this house. Mm-hmm. Everything else is fantastic, very important relationships, love, you know, love the kids. Obviously, they are, they are the center of our household, but he and I are the two main players. And mm-hmm. I just don't think, I mean, hey, my oldest is 17. He's going to leave in the house in a year right. or two. Right, right. And, and then one by one, they're all going to go and who's going to be left is John and I. So right. it's so important. And I think that's really important for kids to see that mm-hmm. so that they can develop those same kind of relationships. And I had another point that I was going to make, but it's lost now. Mm, let's see. Where were we? Oh, I, don't, I was I talking about William. Oh, I was talking about William. Oh, yeah. And I was saying that when, 
when we went, I, I posted on Facebook that we went for the night and my nephew, who's 24, was technically watching the kids, but he's really just here as a figurehead. Right. If the cops come. <laughs> then I had my 15 and 17 year old whose job it was, if anything went wrong, to call us and or 911, in whatever order, <laughs> depending, depending on the severity. On the severity. But Will- really, William's job was to do everything else. Like William's job was to feed everybody because he's great at it. Like 11 year old. Awesome. Yeah. You said he loves to cook. He cooks, he's nurturing, he's responsible, he's great at that stuff. And Owen's job was just to play with Clara, because William doesn't (laughs) want to do that. You know, so Owen's job was to play with Clara, Um, William's job was to feed Owen, Clara, and himself. (laughs) Jacob and Isaac's job was to make a phone call if anything went wrong. And Mario, who's our nephew, his job was just to be in the house, answer the door if the cops come, and, uh, you know, make, be be the final word yeah. sure in I love it did you this is like total <laughs> side note but we just since Easter just passed since we're recording this do you know the book the country bunny and the little gold shoes it's been around no. a long time okay uh-uh. well then it will be irrelevant but listeners if you know that book country she, bunny she and has the little all gold of shoes. it's a great there's great um like motherhood messages in there she has all these baby bunnies and nobody believes she can be one of the Easter bunnies, but she shows them. She says, my, I have had just 21 baby bunnies. And she, she has taught each of them to do something else and they can take care of the house and they have, and they do all these things and she gets to go live her dream. But that reminded me when you were describing who does what it's exactly like in that book. It's so cute. It's my favorite. It's one I keep it out all year round. It's a really cute one. Oh, I love that. Okay, so the country bunny and the little country gold shoes. country bunny and the little gold shoes. All right, look that up. So working moms everywhere, or just moms who are, you know, want to go out. Need to just and, delegate. Yeah. Delegate, man. Delegate. I mean, you know, totally. just, it's yeah. figure out who's good at what, and don't be afraid to yeah. ask people in your house to step up. Yep. And yep. honestly, just wrapping up all of the, you know, role modeling talk. I yep. feel like that's one of the biggest things that we can do is to expect the people in our homes and our lives Mm -hmm. um, and our families to be the best versions of who they are. So that's that's also relative to who they are. Right. But I mean, that's really what we're expecting. And that's really kind of, you know, what it shows not to get too like armchair psychologists, but what, what it shows too, is that we value ourselves enough to expect those around us to contribute to the house. Absolutely. You know, that, that our own, that our own experience in the family is important enough that we're not, martyring it all the time of course we're you know there's a little bit of that always but that that expecting a lot of them is also giving ourselves the opportunity to have a happy and fulfilled experience right absolutely love it okay Sarah do you have anything else like I feel like we just put a little neat tidy bow on kind of a sloppy conversation but (laughs) a little bit of all over the place we were all over the place but that's arrived back where we began. Hey, you know, I think that you cannot take a conversation about something like being a role model and you can't, I think what we learned, we've, we've all learned something today. (laughs) Um, you can't separate it from who we are and with the roles that we play in our house and the roles our kids play, whether that's birth order or just how you relate personality wise to any of them. And as soon as you talk about being a role model, you're doing a little self, uh, self-analysis or introspection, you know, that's not, you can't really separate that from the rest of how all this plays together. So I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too. And I I really do think that the, that coming away with the idea that our kids are all their own people and we are our own people and maybe just respecting each other for who we are and who they all are and getting everyone's needs met. It's probably the most, that's probably the strongest way we can be role models for each other and they can, you know, pick up on that from us. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. Absolutely. To this and thanks everybody out there hour. for listening. We yeah, still want yeah. people to get in touch. So I think we gave them it's hello at the momhour.com, I believe yes. is what we said in our first episode. I if think we that's gave what we you two with. different email addresses. <laughs> try them both. Try them both. But I'm pretty sure we went hello are, at the mom hour. We're still figuring things out around here, but it's been a lot of fun and we're going to be here every other just, week. Yeah. We're really grateful for people listening. Yes. And if you happen to be listening to this, um, you know, at the happiest home, or if you found a link somewhere else, um, you will have to subscribe to this one separately. If you've been listening to the home hour all along, and now you're listening to the mom hour, um, you won't get these episodes. If you've only subscribed like on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever, Good to you know. have to separately subscribe. So go to wherever it is that you listen and mm-hmm. search for the mom hour, or you can even just go to the momhour.com. We'll have a big, bright subscribe button in the set in the sidebar. And you could subscribe there. Or you could just keep going to the mom hour and listening right in your browser if you want, if that's easier for you. But yep. at some point, we're just going to have to like give you guys some instructions because I was a holdout on on subscribing to podcasts and listening the quote real unquote way. Um, and when I finally just went ahead and subscribed in my app, it made everything so much easier. And I could listen through my through my Bose speaker, which is awesome. and makes. Or- or yeah. cereal bowl, if you don't understand that Or your that cereal reference. bowl. Okay, so if you don't uh, understand that reference. have to reference. go back. <laughs> we had a <laughs> long cereal bowl discussion. I think it we was did. on the home hour, but. Yes, we yeah, did. Well, so your the phone, gist is throw your phone, your phone down in a, bowl. in a cereal bowl. Throw your phone in a bowl. It, it amplifies the sound. It's kind of like a speaker, but not as good. But it does do it in a pinch. So, okay, thank okay, you guys. We'll be giving one of those away in a future episode. You know what? That's a, that's a fantastic idea. We should actually give away a cereal bowl speaker. And then that can be like the consolation prize if you don't win the good speaker. <laughs> That's actually very funny. We should do that. Okay. Well, check out our sponsor this week, responsibility.org. Thanks again to them for sponsoring our first couple of episodes. So grateful. Um, April's Alcohol Responsibility Month. So check them out. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode three. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.